The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. We're beginning to plan a COVID Christmas. Now it's lockdown number two. If you're ordering turkey for ten... You might want to think again. It might be best to use Deliveroo. You okay over there, Carrie? We're yeah. Beginning to plan a COVID Christmas. I was hoping America wouldn't let us down with the uh, COVID parody Christmas songs. Oh, yeah. Some of those parody Christmas ones are great. Oh, this is actually sad. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. You got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. You found Financial Food for Thought. Cancel culture, Carrie, West Coast style, right? Did you hear? Oh, this is getting ridiculous. Did you hear the L.A. mayor this week? Yes. Let's see if I can get this going. So tonight I want to speak, as always, to you candidly. Hmm. With the truth and the statistics that I get as soon as I get them. Erica, to share them with you. And to know what we can do in the coming days. It's as much what you choose not to do as what you do do. What's he talking about? Do 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 do. You mean like I thought that happened in San Francisco on the street? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think he's laying the do do on pretty thick, yeah. isn't he? I mean, yeah. you know what I mean. Good, good, good choice of words. We'll determine what happens here in our beloved hometown. The choices between us are stark. Wow. Between health and sickness, between care and apathy, and yes, between life and death for too many of the people that we love. My message couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. Ugh. It's time to cancel everything. And if it isn't essential, d- don't do it. Don't meet up with others outside your household. Don't host a gathering. Don't <clears throat> attend a gathering. Talk about the Grinch. Jeez, that's what I'm saying. It's safer at home order. If you're able to stay home, stay home. Just what if I don't want smart. to? Smart. And stay apart. There's his eyes. Oh, here. brother. Just, know, was, just be smart, Carrie, and stay apart. Isn't, isn't America about freedom and freedom of choice? You want to go to a restaurant? Go to a restaurant. If you want to stay home and stay put, stay put. Carrie, don't share oh. your air. Oh, geez. Give me a break. Did you see that China is marketing Wuhan as the birthplace of Corona as a tourist attraction? There I saw go. this week. They're trying to market it as, hey, this, they're saying they haven't had any COVID cases since May, so... Do they have a vaccine out? I don't think so. I mean, it's coming soon, but I don't think they have one. Yeah, because I know Putin's got his going in, right. in Russia, but I didn't know. If, I haven't heard anything about the. China. No, I just saw it this week on uh, that they were doing a tourism <laughs> Wuhan. If you oh, want to come Lord. see the birthplace of the coronavirus pandemic, is, is that a? Jo- I must be a joke here. No, it, it's um. Is, did it you was get that a marketing on the internet, thing. Or what? No, it was actually Fox News online. Really? They said it's actually a very beautiful city. <laughs> so they're trying to get, you know, help business over there. So Christmas is canceled, Carrie. Thanksgiving was canceled. I don't think canceled. so. Remember, I still had Thanksgiving. It, it's not the ceremony. It's the party after. No, it, it's the, um, I think people should. Ours was modified, certainly, um, but we still celebrated. And All right. So, I mean, holidays without family pretty much sucks. I mean, that's kind of what it's about, friends and family. And you can do it in a safe way. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the spending, you know, it, 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 again, not... I guess, well, not really surprises. You know, uh, you know the Black Plague Friday. You know the online sales right. set records, which was no surprise. Um, Do you say that Amazon? They actually may be projecting that they would get forty-two cents on every dollar spent on online shopping at Christmas. Wow, that, that's higher than last. That's year's no surprise because I usually don't go Black Friday shopping. But I said last week I was planning on going, and I did. It was dead. Actually, I went to the mall oh. with my kids, and my rule was because I don't go is saying if it's crowded, I'm not interested. And it was great. It was like an early morning on, at the mall. It was. <laughs> yeah, they said that they said the floor traffic at the malls was down fifty two percent. 
Wow. Um, and, and, you know, it's also interesting, too, you know, we, we got the jobs report. I don't know. You know it's disappointing. But part of one of the part of the jobs report I thought was interesting is they say even retail jobs were down. Normally, this is a year, even though the jobs report's a month old, technically, right? right? It's a November report. Um, that they were saying normally you see a tick up in in retail jobs right. because of the season. Chris, right. I guess the retail stores know there's going to be no, and traffic, they don't need the higher the seasonal need, help, and they don't need the headaches of the trying to keep the workers uh, virus free. Right. So then we had Cyber Virus Monday, Carrie, and Cyber I mean, how Virus. Did, how did they do? They did. I thought they did very well. They did very well. Um, not as well as they had thought. You know, there, so mm-hmm. some people were expecting up to 12 to 13 billion um, it came in on the lower end of the projection still 10 billion or, or more um, a 35 percent increase year over year um, online you know uh, you know so it, it was about a 15 percent increase on cyber virus Monday sales from the previous year um, that did real well Shopify are you do you are you are you in Shopify I don't even know what Shopify is Neither do I, <laughs> I, I but it's big Carrie okay so Shopify uh, I guess it's it's like is it, is it an Amazon competitor I don't know never heard of it um, new sales records announced okay 5.1 billion um, you know a 76 percent increase year over year. So I guess I have to learn about Shopify. Yeah, that's a new one to me. Um, all right, why don't you get us started? All right, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information and financial news and political news that may impact your financial life and hopefully make you aware of issues, opportunities, and get you to be proactive, whether you're working or already in retirement. A lot of times people think there's nothing they can do or they get frustrated or worried or concerned and then don't do anything, which is the last thing you should be doing. You always need to be proactive because it ends up, you know, putting more Uh, dollars in your own pocket. And we always talk about net spendable dollars. And um, we're looking for opportunities all the time for our clients and helping them avoid potential problems. Uh, And we are the estate planning team is the company that sponsors the show. And the estate planning team has been around Cleveland more than 35 years and is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. It started Years ago, when the federal exemption was 600000 and Ohio had an estate tax, and that first generation of clients were typically the depression generation. They had great pensions. They had their health care paid for there, and they didn't spend money. They didn't have debt. Their issue was passing assets effectively to their kids. And over time, it's evolved, and many people who are in retirement, even if they are working, even if they have kids, are worried about themselves and health rising healthcare costs and what should I do when it comes to my financial life? How do I prepare for retirement and cover those healthcare costs? Which the last couple of shows we've talked about um, Medicare and some of the healthcare costs and how to use the opportunities. If you want to listen to last week's podcast, Mark talked about it was a. Uh, a real case study of a client that we worked with years before and how to use those opportunities. And they were worried about the expense of healthcare costs retiring before 65. So you can go to our website to listen to that last week's podcast at financialfoodforthought.com. Um, but regardless, the company, we help people through comprehensive planning or people now over the years need maybe a little bit of help through specific analysis and we have affordable hourly and comprehensive retainer fees and we are accredited and a-rated members of the better business bureau and we're also angie's list super service award winners multiple years if you want to do some due diligence we do offer a free no obligation consultation we're doing those still in person with precautions and by phone whatever you're more comfortable with i'm you know we're comfortable either way And you can call for a free consultation to see if we can help, how we're different, what value and benefit we can provide you. If we can't help you, we'll definitely let you know. But in many cases, we can. There are a few sometimes where people are in good shape. They just wanted confirmation or there's what they're looking for help with isn't something that we do. And we're honest about that. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That is 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. 
Uh, Carrie, so what do we want to talk about today? Um, a lot going on, right? I think we're going to have a fifth bill here happening. So, you know, we're taping this show on Friday uh, the 4th in the morning. So by the time you're hearing it, we may already have the fifth stimulus bill passed, right, Carrie? So You have more that? faith than I do. Yeah. Um, I think it's, well, I, we, I've been saying I a long time it, yeah. that it that we knew, you know, and, and it wasn't going to be done by Black uh, virus, you know, Black Wasn't it Plague supposed to Friday. be done in August originally? Well, yeah, but then, you know, <laughs> then it was the election, and then, then we didn't know because of the Georgia runoff whether it'd be done or not but we remember we always said there could be a small smaller lame duck stimulus bill Mm -hmm. and then a bigger one coming next year especially if the democrats get control of the senate um but i'll talk a little bit more about that but yeah last week yeah in the last couple weeks we also been talking about our year-end planning right you know in other Mm -hmm. words the the things that you may want to be doing um, before the year, you know, goes out in, in terms of financially or, um, you know, looking at, you know, making sure that, uh, you, you, you know, if there's anything for, you know, if you, you know, this year we don't have the required minimum distributions, right. but typically that opens the door. Some, a lot more people are looking at Roth conversions without the mm-hmm. RMD, or if you may still need cash flow, you know, build up your cash reserve, those types of things. But, um, one of the things, as I said, is that, you know, the charitable planning carry is going to be, um, different this year end, right? Mm-hmm. And for a number of reasons. Um, one is, um, again, if, if you are a high charitable gift giver, you know, uh, the, so normally, you know, if you're deducting your charitable contributions on Schedule A itemized deductions, it's, you know, limited to 60% of your adjusted gross income, right? Um, and that has been lifted. The CARES Act lifted that, you know, because they want to give people incentive to give to charities who are really going to need it this year in the year of the, of the Rona. So it's now, you know, you can go up to 100% of your just gifts income. So like, those are the high givers. Right. right. You know, that's a, I'm sure I know that doesn't affect all listeners, right. but if you're there, that may be important to you. Maybe for more, you know, you know, uh, middle America listeners, right, right um, who aren't itemizing because they can't get over the higher mm-hmm. standard deduction. Well, there's a special, you know, opportunity for you this year. And mm-hmm. that says that, you know, it, they'll, the government has provided again for right now for just for 2020, but up to three hundred dollars in charitable cash contributions um, that you give even and you'll be able to write off you know above the line deduction even right. if you're not itemizing so if you got in the habit of not you know even submitting your charitable receipts to your tax preparer because you knew you had no chance of getting over the standard deduction you want to save the you know now couple clarifications there. At one time, we thought it was going to be $300 per uh, taxpayer, meaning a married finally jointly could do 600 That's not the case, apparently. It's still limited to $300 per return, um, but also it has to be cash. I've gotten that questions. Can it be, you know, stuff I drop off at Goodwill? No, we're talking about cash right. contributions. It also has to go directly to an operating charity. Some people say, well, can I put that into my DAF, my donor advice fund? No, it's got to go directly to charity. So, um, but the other one, Carrie, that I want to talk about, spend a few minutes on, is the qualified charitable contributions. Okay. Um, and, you know, Carrie, if, well, listeners, if you're not familiar with that, that's the idea that um, if you're over the age 70 and a half, you have an opportunity to move money directly from an IRA to your charity. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, Mark, why would I want to do that? Well, because the tax law says if you do that, you don't have to report it as taxable income. Now, you also don't get to deduct it on Schedule right. A. Can't do both. He cannot right. report it at the IRA distribution as uh, a non-taxable income and then turn around and try to deduct right. it on Schedule A, right? That's one or the other. But um, so, yeah, so and that's the idea. Now, it, the confusing thing was is that Everybody thought at one time that the 70 and a half rule was tied to the required minimum distribution rule, right? Right. Now, everybody knows that the SECURE Act that was passed last December in 2019 um, advanced the required minimum distribution age from 70 and a half to age 72. Right. So a lot of people thought, oh, well, then my I can't do a QCD 
until I'm 72. Which, honestly, logically, you would think if you're subject right. to minimum required distribute and QCD goes along with that, why would that not go hand in hand? Of course, I'm always here to tell people <laughs> I'm not defending the logic, simplicity, or fairness of right. our U.S. tax code. Just mm-hmm. here talking about the laws, right? right? And, and, and indeed, it's not the case. The 70 and a half rule for QCDs is a different part of the tax law than the 70 and a half rule for required minimum distributions. And they didn't change the QCD law. Right. So, so now people are saying, well, well, should I still do the QCD? And again, we've always said, uh, you know, a lot of our, our clients, when they, when Trump's tax act raised the, standard deduction, they had to go to the QCD. Otherwise, they weren't getting any benefit for their charitable contributions. Or some people didn't know that they should switch to that. They just were taking, like, not you, still giving to charity right. and just assuming there's nothing they could do. And, you know, and, and there's a limit, you know, but it's a high limit. It's 100000 right. That is per taxpayer. So, you know, a uh, husband and wife could each, you know, make QCDs up to $100,000 per year. And, you know, it, as long as they have, they have attained age 70 and a half. So now we get it to 2020, the year of the Rona, because now we have the idea. People are saying, well, I don't have required minimum distributions. The government got rid of them for 2020. So should I still do my QCD? See, normally the benefit and the idea behind the QCD is that if you had a required minimum and you said, I really don't want to take it, the government's making me taking it, I'm, I want to give it to charity, but I can't deduct, you know, they said, okay, you can just, you know, we just right. treat it as a wash. You had, you, it's, it, it, it covers your part of your RMD. Right. And then you just give it to your charity. That's go directly to the charity, right? Right. You can't write a check. You can't go to your DAF fund. It's got to go directly to the charity. Right. Um, it, you know, it, it, then you wouldn't have to report it as taxable income. So as opposed to the RMD increasing your adjusted gross income, increasing your Ohio taxes, you know, by doing the QCD, it's a wash. It doesn't go into your federal AGI. It doesn't go to any of the thresholds that you may be trying to stay under. And it doesn't get picked up as taxable in Ohio. So you're actually getting a little bit of Ohio benefit as well for performing the QCD. So now the issue is, well, I don't have an RMD, so should I still do the QCD? Now, there's been some articles that say, yeah, still do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you know and, and but I question that, Carrie. I was going to say, is your answer, it depends? Well, so let's look at some numbers. So this was um, this is just one of the you know clients I was working on when we were going through this analysis to say should I still do it or not? And I'm just going to round the numbers up here, you know, for simplicity, Carrie. But this was basically the situation. So the the clients had five hundred thousand dollars in the IRA that they were contemplating doing the QCD. All right. And his age was age 73. So for 2020, um, the divisor, the Uniform Life Table Divisor, was 24.7. Because number, detailed numbers work well on the radio, right? Right. Okay. Um, so you take the 500000 that was his balance, you know, beginning. So his RMD supposedly for 2020 was going to be 20243 Okay. Mm-hmm. And he had typically been doing 5000 to charity. Okay. And he was in, in previous years he was doing the 5000 QCD. Mhm. Right. So this year though, he d- hasn't done any, you know, since the RMDs were suspended. Okay. He didn't need money out of the IRA for cash flow. Right. Okay, his cash reserve was fine. So now he was saying, "Well, do I still do the QCD?" Mhm. Because, you know, he read articles that said still do it because theoretically, if you do it, you're lowering next year's required minimum distribution. Correct. All right. But is that really a big win? It depends on the case. I think it's not an app. Like, it's not an easy answer. I think it's always ours. It depends based on what's your number. So let's and your tax projected tax or income in 2021. So this is what I mean by being active and planning. Right. And getting your advisors coordinated together. All right. Um, So so let's look at it because. okay. so how much if he did the five thousand, how much is that really decreasing his RMD next year? Well, so let's say he did it, you know, and so now next year, let's say instead of having $500,000, you know, subject to required minimum, he has 495000 
Okay. Okay. Um, so now next year's divisor, when he's 74, is going to be anyway. 23.8. Right. So it's 24.7 this year. Right. It's going to be 23.8 right. next year. So his next year, so if he does the 5,000 QCD this year, next year his required minimum would be 20,798. Yeah. Now let's say he doesn't do the 5,000 this year. Okay. Let's say, so now he goes into next year and he's got, still has the 500,000 divided by next year's divisor, 23.8, means his RMD would be $21,008. Wow. It's a big $210 difference in the RMD amount. Yeah. But no, but what we talked about is because, remember, his intent was to give $5,000 to his charity this December. Right. And then next December. Right. Okay. So we said, well, we're going to bunch the QCDs. Mm-hmm. Remember the old concept of a bunching, right? Right. Um, a lot of people use bunching when they're talking about itemized deductions. Especially, yeah, now when the with the standard deduction being higher. So this is a special year, you know, when we don't have RMDs because actually, you know, without the RMD carry, the QCD is not saving him any taxes this year. It's just a wash. In other words, he doesn't. He's not going to take anything out of IRA. He would only be doing the QCD. So in effect, it's not really lowering this year's tax liability. It's just a wash. Right. But he knows he's got this bigger RMD next year. So now what we'll do is we'll do two $5,000 QCDs next year. We'll do one in January. You know, the charity can wait 30 days. Right. They'd normally be getting it between around Christmas. Right. They're going to get it around New Year's. Not much of a difference for the charity. Okay. Um, They'll live with that. All right. Um, And now, though... So really, because he's got, you know, the 20 next year's RMD is going to be 21,000, but now he's going to reduce it by 10,000. That's a bigger win. Okay. So, you know, so now, um, you know, so, so now you compare plan A and plan B. So plan A is, you know, what the magazine was telling him to, oh, still do your QCD this year because you're going to reduce next year's required minimum. Okay, that's a $210 reduction in, in next year's required minimum. Plus, he'd get the 5000 you know, normal QCD he's planning on doing next year. All right. So, basically, he's going to take his next year RMD, 20798 less the 5210 means his taxable distribution will be 15588 Okay. Plan B is saying, no, don't do the QCD this year. Do the double one next year. Yeah, your required minimum will be higher next year, two hundred ten dollars higher. Right. You no, know, twenty one thousand and eight dollars. But you're going to have a ten thousand dollar QCD to offset that. So now your tax distribution is going to be eleven thousand dollars. Okay. So it's a difference between Plan A's fifteen thousand five eighty eight taxable next year to Plan B's eleven thousand and eight. That's a bigger, a much bigger win. And now he knows what decision to make. And that's why you need that detailed objective analysis to say what's right for you, what's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck and put more dollars in your pocket, which is what we do. We're not investment advisors. We're fee-based fiduciaries, um, been around more than 35 years, and the estate planning team offers a free consultation um, either by phone or in person. We have affordable hourly and comprehensive retainer fees that are affordable if you want help through the analysis recommendations and help with implementing and we believe even though we're not investment advisors we believe in coordination with your existing advisors whether it be tax preparer insurance person um etc and if you'd like to take advantage of a free no obligation no pressure consultation you can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com John John gave to me three medical masks, two latex gloves, endless days of quarantine. Okay, we're playing holiday songs. On the day of Christmas, You've got Mark Downing, Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. We've been helping Cleveland masks, families build custom gloves, financial plans for over 35 years. And we've gone through a lot of Christmas seasons, Carrie, haven't we? Uh, 35 of them, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is a time of year we're always talking about urine planning, but also busy week. Um, we, I think we're going to get the fifth bill. Okay. The next stimulus package. Mm. Um, I'm going to hold my breath on that one. Well, it's, there's a lot of support for it, Carrie. There's a lot of need for it. I know there's need for it. I just don't. Um, so, you know, what's it, you know, so what's behind this one, right? 
Now, again, by the time you're hearing the show, it may already be a done deal, Carrie. Mm. Um, but what the latest that at this time, you know, it, it's, um, you know, it, it's, and <laughs> the amazing thing is, Gary, the New York Times is giving Joe Biden credit for getting the stimulus package passed. If it is passed. Hmm. I mean, has anyone accomplished more than Bill Biden from the, the from the basement? He's not even president yet, and he's getting credit for the next stimulus bill. Hmm. Um, you know, because they said that, uh, it, you know, um, it, you know, has it, he, you know, because he's about in public in recent days to encourage lawmakers to compromise on a quick package that he said would only be a down payment on what the incoming administration believes is necessary to mitigate the nation's economic pain in the months ahead. Um, okay, so, you know, his team has pushed the Democrats to move off their hardline negotiating stance for the, you know, the trillion dollar plus, you know, the Pelosi's right. three trillion Heroes Act, right? Or even the lower. Remember, Pelosi came down to two point four trillion. Right. Um, um, and the problem is, you know, Mitch McConnell's still on five hundred billion, right? Right. Um, then we had, remember, we had the Problem Solvers Caucus, right, Carrie? That's that uh, that House bipartisan right. group in the House. You know, the fifty um, House members, right? Uh, twenty five Dems and twenty five uh, Republicans. Remember, they tried to get a compromise deal that was a, about one point nine trillion. Okay. That went nowhere, right? Um, but so, what's behind this plan, Carrie? This is the Senate's bipartisan group. So have you heard about this? We're calling it the dinner group. Have you heard this? No. All right. Um, so this is a group of, I think that's eight, maybe nine. I think it's eight um, senators um, who started getting together, um, you know, after the election and said, we've got to work together to get a deal. Now, the amount that they came up with is about um, $908 billion. okay? So, you know, under that, you know, uh, trillion-dollar, you know, scary price tag, right? Right. Still, though, basically twice what McConnell wanted, right? Um, now, so, it, you know, and, and so what's in it? So it's going to be about – it'd be about – these are all in billions, Carrie, right. right? About 288 for small businesses, including advan- uh, more PP plan, right? Right. Because the first PP plan went so well. About another $180 billion for unemployment insurance. That would be reinstating that, but it wouldn't be another $600. That's what was the first round a week. It'd be $300 a week. Okay, about another $160 billion for state and local and tribal governments. That's the one that Pelosi and, and the Democrats want a lot higher. You know, they wanted, you know, $500 billion for that. Um, this act has, you know, this, this package has about 160 billion for that. Um, 82 billion for education, um, about 45 for transportation. You know, that's for the airlines and airports and buses and transit and, and Amtrak, you know, Amtrak's got to get their money here because so many people take Amtrak, right? Uh, right. About 35 billion for the healthcare providers, um, Department of Human Services, things like that. Another 25 billion for housing assistance. That's to help the, the, the people who can't pay their rents. To keep everyone happy there, another $16 billion for vaccine development, distribution, testing, and contact tracing, uh, $12 billion for community development, um, $30 billion for, you know, split up between the U.S. Postal Service, child care, and broadband, um, $5 billion for opioid treatment, um, $4 billion for student loans. You get the picture. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, um, so... Who was in this dinner group? Well, it, it, Lisa Murkowski, you know, that's the Republican from Alaska. She offered to have it. Okay. She was going to have a, the, the, you know, she wanted to have a dinner. So Mark Warner, you know, uh, he was a Democrat from Virginia. Um, he was invited and he actually picked up the tab. And oh, they had a nice dinner, Gary. Oh, I'm sure. You, you know, know, who picked up the tab, Mark? Mark Warner. By himself, or did he put it on his taxpayer tab? I, you'll have to ask Mark, Carrie. I'm not sure <laughs> about that. I have a feeling we all picked up I'm sure tab. it wasn't expensive. They just <laughs> went to the most popular, you know, Washington, D.C., San Lorenzo. You know, well, a How fa- are they out to a dinner? A favor of Washington's political class for a Tuscan Don't those food. Politicians- no, I think it was delivered to Murkowski's place. Okay. Um did they right. social distance? Okay. Um, yeah, really. Uh, Susan Collins was invited. You know, she was a Republican. From, remember, so Murkowski and Collins, they're the ones that are kind of play middle of the field, right? They're, right. You know, they're they're less right than some of the other senators. 
Okay, she agreed to co-host. And then the other Democrats included Joe Manchin. So he's the center Democrat in the Senate, right? Jean Shane, yeah, she's not in New Hampshire. I don't know who she is. And then, of course, uh, Dick Durbin, um, which is really um, the Dems, you know, number two guy. You know, we always talk about Dick Durbin on this show. Um, And then the other uh, GOPs were Bill Cassidy of Louisiana and and Mitt Romney. You've heard of him. Yeah. Okay, and actually, Mitt they said was the one who really drove it. In other words, so that the dinner party went very well. Okay, and so after the dinner party, they they didn't just drop it; they kept it going. They did their Zoom meetings, they did okay. follow up, and they crunched numbers, and they would spend hours working on this. Now, the party leadership, okay, they were informed that these guys, you know, this group was getting together, but they really didn't get a part of it. You know, the, the small group kept the negotiations themselves, but Romney really emerged as the, as the driver, you know, to, to deal with the Democrats. Um, okay. And so, and, and he was the one who came back to the Dems and said, hey, there's no way we're going over $900 billion. There's no way, you know, the, the, the Republicans are going to go over $900 billion. And we still want liability protection for the employers, you know, uh, that has to be in there. Um, so actually, uh, the deal uh, was you know, consummated on Monday, last okay. Monday, okay, over a pizza dinner at Mitt's place. Where, okay. Actually, he did have it at a hearing room. Um, so, you know, so uh, now, do you think Mitt's vibing for a 2024? Mm, no. Ron Kerry? I don't think so. No? Okay. Um, so, we'll see. Um, now, so then they asked, um, now, Mitch McConnell, they asked Mitch, you know, cocaine Mitch, um, was he supporting and he, and he blasted it earlier in the week, right? you know, cause he basically said, we're waiting, we don't have time to waste time on things like this. And the reason he blasted it was because he said, you know, this small group, you don't have any president, you don't have any white house support. You also got to get the president to sign it. Right now. So then they asked, you know, so Mitch threw cold water on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Then they went to Trump and they, you know, and they said, well, you know, Trump, what about you? Um, You know, because meantime, Biden came out and blessed it. Right. Um, And then uh, Trump basically said, um, yeah, you know, he said something like, yeah, I think we're getting close. And they said, well, will you support it? And he said, I will. Now, this is the confusion. See, the reporter was asking him about the, you know, the uh, the nine hundred billion dollar package. But Trump answered and the White House later confirmed this. He was saying that he was ready to sign Mitch McConnell's five hundred billion. So a little bit different, a little bit of confusion there. Mm. Um, So now I still think we've been close before. I don't know. um, So we'll see. Um, I think now, but in either case, Carrie, guess what? No stimulus checks. So there's nothing in the plan, you know, because that alone, if they were going to do a second round of stimulus checks, Carrie, that would be two hundred ninety billion alone right there. Right. So, you know, um, so there's no room for that. Right. Um, Now, I know that's going to make a lot of people disappointed. Right. And a lot and a lot of a lot of listeners may be happy about that. Um, you know, I don't know where do you stand, but you know, if you were counting, remember I said, don't count on another stimulus check for you your count on Black Plague check, Friday yeah. spending. I don't know if you should count on for your Christmas spending now. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think you need to take control of your financial life and do what you can to create your own stimulus money. Or if you want call it what you want or minimize what the government gets, cause you're going to pay it anyway. In tax dollars. So use like that opportunity where you can. I know you talked about bunching, but two medical expenses right now, the if you're in that boat or have someone like a spouse or a family member that's in a nursing home and you can you have a lot of medical expenses this year, it's the seven point five. I believe right now in 2021, it goes up to the 10 percent. Well, that's under the law right now. Currently. Many people think in, a, in the covid they, they'll keep it at seven. I would hope. But I'm just saying there, you know, we have people I talked to last week. I was at the dentist and people were prepaying. Somebody came in and said they need work and they she was writing a check. Because they weren't able to get all the work done in 2020, but she was paying for it because she was booking in January as well. Now, there may be one way we could still get a stimulus check, Carrie. Okay. Have you heard, you know, do you remember John Delaney? So John Delaney was a former congressman, also former presidential candidate on the Democrat side, right? So he, he threw out a plan, Carrie, meaning that 
you'll get a stimulus check if you get the vaccine. Oh, that's not right. You can't do that because some people can't get the vaccine for certain reasons or religious reasons or whatever. I mean, that... Yeah. Pay to play, Carrie. I don't think I like that. I don't Pay like us that. to get the vaccine, Carrie. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, I don't know. How would that possibly uh, that would be implemented? Fly. That would not fly. Although there's a lot of things flying that I didn't think would fly. Yeah. But, you but know. how would you even audit that? Mm. I, I, I mean, that's just a ridiculous. I mean, he want, he, but that was his plan. That's he's, he's, so rude. $1,500 if you get the vaccine, Carrie. I'll get it twice. <laughs> yeah, that's what, you know, Mark, that's what's going to happen. We had that, you know, people, dead people vote, whatever. You know how many people say, oh, I didn't get it. You're going to have lots of problems. Yeah. Um, so how about, you know, back home? How, what, what did Rob Portman say about the, uh, you know, the uh, the, din- the dinner group's um, plan? Mm. He's behind it. Okay. We need to pass a COVID-19 relief bill now. I don't be- think they care about the amount. Before we adjourn for the end of the year. It's been a long time since we took action. It's time for us to act again. So Bob Portman's behind it. How about Sherrod Brown? What did he say? Oh, I'm it? sure he's behind it. Uh, who cares? No one listens to him anymore. Anyways. Yeah. I don't know what he said. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so so the, the so I think it, you know, I think it's it probably will happen. Um, and, and but I think the idea is, it, you know, it's still going to come down to that important Georgia runoff. But, you know. But people don't don't forget, you know, even if the Democrats win those two Georgia Senate seats, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. And does anybody have any confidence that the Georgia runoff vote will be a fair? No. And does anyone in the world think it's going to be a fair vote? No. So so let's say the Democrats win both those seats right. magically, right? Um, it's still not, you know, Schumer is still going to have to successfully throw out the filibuster. Remember, it, normally it, to really get major things done, like major tax law changes or major health care plans like, you know, the Affordable Health Care Act, you need not only the, the majority in the House and the White House, you need the supermajority or 60 votes in the Senate. Um, it, you know, the, the Democrats aren't going to be anywhere near 60 votes. Now, so the question is, uh, you know, <laughs> Without so so the whole plan, the whole blue wave is based on the fact that Schumer will be able to successfully throw out the filibuster. Mm-hmm. But you need votes to do that, right? And you know, I mentioned Manchin earlier that you know the Democrat from West Virginia, he already came out publicly and said he would not vote to get rid of the filibuster. Right. So you know, we'll see. So it's not a done deal just because you know, even if somehow the uh, Democrats win both those, you know, Senate. Georgia runoff seats, it doesn't necessarily mean that the blue wave is a done deal. Right. Well, regardless of that and how things pan out, do what you can when it comes to your financial life. There's opportunities, you know, especially um, looking at that. If you're thinking about retiring, you're already in retirement and you're concerned about future tax increases, rising health care costs, spending, um, market volatility and knowing what steps you should take to be proactive so you can retire when you want and have the lifestyle you Uh, would like to have or what that's going to take. Or if you're already in retirement, what can you spend without running out of money and how to create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible, which tax efficiency is going to be even more important if tax rates go up. And you can call the estate planning team for that free consultation by phone or in person. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 and leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And we're scheduling in December, January, and February. So if you can't get in through the holidays, we already have people wanting to start the new year off right and get on the calendar. So that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Thanks, Carrie Waddell. My name is Mark Donnelly. And uh, so we're talking about year-end planning. And we've been doing these um, all through uh, December and actually November, actually, I probably started. So, you mm-hmm. know, you can always go back and listen to the podcast. And, and you know, we, we do case reviews because it, it helps, you know, kind of, you know, helps our listeners or, or you know, kind of see, well, what do we mean by coordinated advisors or what do we mean by being very active planners and, and not passive about it? And the idea that financial planning isn't something you do once and then throw it into a sock drawer for 30 years, right? You know, it, it's the idea of saying, you know, you, you're always building a financial model, you know, 
you know, it's projecting out your financial future, you know, based on the best assumptions that you can make today, you know, using conservative and realistic assumption parameters. But the idea is going beyond that. It's, it's knowing, it's learning that discipline that says when reality changes, one of the assumptions that you've made, you know how to go in and manipulate your plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, tax law changes, you know, is a big example of that, right? That are things are totally beyond your control. Right. Or COVID, uh, you know, 19 recessions. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, but um, so it, it, that's why, you know, we're always saying active. But also at the end of the year, you know, things come up. You know, in other words, care after doing this for decades, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, people get into a, a, a pattern, right? They, they, they you know, they, they they, sometimes I carry, I think they think that, well, whatever I did last year, I'm going to do this year. And then whatever I do this year, I'm just going to do next year mm-hmm. and the following year. Right. And the following year and the following year. You know, we, we're, we're creatures of habit. You know, we like, <laughs> we don't like change, right? We, we like habit. <laughs> we like the, 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 you know, the same thing over and over and over again, right? But that may not be the best way to approach your financial or your retirement planning process, right? Because we're always saying that, you know, what, what you did last year, it doesn't necessarily mean that's what you do this year. Or even what you were planning on doing this year, let's say in January, before the, the virus, before all the tax law changes, might not what you end up being, you know, you're doing right. this year. You might have to adjust it. So be active, right? And and if you're not comfortable doing this on your own, come see us. You know, we're very active planners. Um, so this is another case. I, I call this the lesser of two evils, Carrie. Uh, okay. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the Trump-Biden, you know, presidential race. Um, this is a case where the client, you know, at the beginning of the year, we thought we knew what the client was going to do. Okay. Because in the beginning of the year, we thought there would be a required minimum distribution. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and typically, as in years past, the client used part of the required minimum distribution to cover their safe harbor withholding taxes. Right. Okay. Um, so now when you don't have a required minimum, you also are not going to have those withholding taxes. And it's going to be a little bit different because assuming you didn't take out the minimum required distribution, your adjusted gross income is lower. However, you could still owe on April 15th with penalty. Yes, but now this is where it's different every case. Right. Because in this particular case, the clients needed the money out of the IRA. Right. Regardless. For cash flow needs and spending. So even though they, you know, they weren't, you know, now, but what, but the, but they, they knew that they're, you know, they could, they could get that cash flow from somewhere else, Mm -hmm. meaning their taxable accounts. All right. Um, but of course, when you're taking money out of taxable accounts, your withholding isn't available. Right. Okay. Um, now, so the year you know went on, and then and so you know normally you know they don't do the um, the final IRA distribution to the end of the year, and then make the final withholding. But it, so what happened during the year? Well, the other thing that surprised them was um, that capital gains came in so high. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't checked in with, if you've got taxable investments, non-qualified investments that are invested in stocks, you know, and, and bonds or mutual funds, um, you know, just be, you know, you might not have a great return this year mm-hmm. compared to, let's say, last year's rate of return, but don't confuse that with how much capital gains you may be getting. Right. They're not correlated. Okay. And we tell that, you know, to new clients all the time. But I think people get that confused. How can my account be down in those years, but have how can I have a capital gain? Right, uh, it happens all the time, and and so you know so now so we so we got to the end of the year, and we started you know asking, um, okay, what um, you know, we started asking, okay, we went out to the investment advisors, coordinated advisors, Carrie, right, and said, hey, can you throw us a bone here? Can you give us a year to date gain loss report? Okay, um, and they did, and the number was a lot more than what we were planning. Okay, um, now they, they also, but I mean, that's not now. 
that doesn't always mean bad news. I mean, you know, you, you know, the investment advisor is always going to come back and say, well, gee, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, would you rather be getting capital losses or capital gains? You know, that type of thing. Um, now, so um, so that so that was one, you know, surprise that we have to deal with now. And then so so now we're looking and saying, OK, where is their income coming in at? You know, we're running a little pro forma now. And then we're realizing because they still needed some more money for cash flow carry. OK, you know, and so they were planning on taking out, you know, not only you know, more um, out of, you know, they were, you know, <laughs> you know, they had taken some out of IRA, even though, it, you know, they were saying well, they were just thinking they would take out more out of IRA and then right. also do the withholding that they need to right. cover the previous year safe harbor. But when we ran that projection working now with their CPA, coordination right. advisors, mm-hmm. you know, if, this, if the CPA is not calling you and saying, you know, talk about your year in planning, maybe you ought to be calling them. And if you don't know what questions you ought to be asking your CPA. You should be calling us. We do. <laughs> you should be calling the estate planning team. Okay. Um, so, you know, um, and, and so, so now, um, so we, we started working with them. And we started putting together and saying, okay, let's look at this. Because before we just make a knee-jerk reaction, it's, it's always easy and just say, oh, I can just take more out of my IRA. But that's not always the best solution. All right. Um, but, um, you, you know, if you, you still need your cash flow and you still need to pay your taxes. So this is an interesting case. I'm going to pick up this case again next mm-hmm. week as well. Um, uh, you know, because I, I want, I don't want to rush through it, um, because there, you know, we, we, in, but what we started doing is saying, because if you, if you just take more money out of the IRA plus an additional IRA for withholding taxes, guess what? It's going to shoot you over your Medicare threshold. See, that was not on the radar at all back in January, mm-hmm. but between the capital gains and everything else, and you know their cash flow needs. If they just, you know, we realized they were going to shoot, you know, because you know, right now you're getting your new Social Security benefit statements, right? Right. And, and open those up and take a look at them. Right. And if you are getting an Irma adjustment, you know, the income related monthly adjustment amount, and you know, and you and remember, you know, they for your 2021, what you're getting right now, they're using your 2019 tax return. So we talked about that and saying you might have to appeal that. So I'm going to pick up on this, but you know, Carrie. I don't know how many, you know, we got a few minutes left. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to do, though, is, um, you, you know, I mentioned the SECURE Act, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got SECURE Act 2 out there now. Okay. So have you heard about this? Kate? No, I did not. All right. So this is getting kind of lost in the busy news uh, scale. You, know, you mean right? with all the other... Um, now, this isn't law, Carrie, so I don't want to get, you okay. know, con- I don't want to, you know... Um, you mean they're doing actually doing something? Well... <laughs> it's just, in other words, so as I said, the Secure Act One, which was passed last December, December, you know, in 2019, um, and you know, one of the rules there was, you know, they what I talked about is they raised the required minimum from age 70 and a half to age 72, right? Um, but we now have got a, a, a version of the Secure Act Two. Now, again, I don't think this is going to get passed before the end of the year. But it may happen by the end of next year. So I just thought it'd be, you know, just to kind of give a heads up about, well, what are they thinking in Secure Act 2? Okay. So, you know, this is where you're saying, you know, I just mentioned, you know, you're you're running a financial plan. You might have already adjusted it for Secure Act 1. We have done that for all our clients, Right. right? You know, but you got, you may, you know, it doesn't mean you can put that plan into a sock drawer for 30 years. All right. So one of the things that would change is the RMD. Okay. So they they don't want to leave it at 72 for very long. Okay. They want to push it to 75. Well, that'll be a big change. Okay. Um, And by the way, I was going to just throw in if it's that 72 or 75, in many cases, it does not make sense for you to wait to take to minimum required distribution. Right, because you know, it's, I was going to say they're thinking it's going to create more tax dollars. Well, I don't know how many people can. Well, costs. I don't know how many people cannot 
or, or I should say, afford not to take money out of IRAs. Right, from but even so, it's the fact that maybe they don't need to take that amount. I mean, yeah. well, Carrie, quite frankly, if you if you have to start taking your IRA by seventy five, what's it there for? Yeah, and if it's there for your kids or beneficiaries, there's a better way to do it. Um, that's for sure. Um, good point. Now, so what else was in? Now, this is this isn't law yet. This is what's proposed in Secure Act two. Okay. Right. Um, on making contributions to 401ks, okay, they want to up the 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 um, they want to up the limit. So, for example, right now, you know, if you're over age 50, Carrie, there's the right. catch up. Mm-hmm. Right. So the current catch up to a 401k is $6,500. Right. Okay. And if it's a simple plan, it's an additional $3,000. Okay. Um, so they want to if you're over 60, so they're going to leave that 50 catch up. But they're saying, ah, but when you get to the magic number 60, there's an additional catch-up. Okay. That additional would increase the catch-up to 10000 Okay. You know, from 6500 Or up to 5000 if it's a simple from the it current It sounds 3, like 000. nothing's getting simpler. It's definitely getting more complicated. The, um, okay. Um, also, you know, and this has been a, uh, I've, you know, complained about this, is why hasn't the IRA ketchup gone up a dollar in the last? I can't remember. The, that makes no sense. It's been it's been that silly thousand dollars, you know, for how long? You know, oh, for the yeah, you know, for the IRA ketchup. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, um, so that's going up. So they they want to encodify it that that would go up automatically with an inflation factor okay. every year. Okay, so they don't um, have to discuss it again. Now, um, they also want to say, you know, and this is what's proposed in Secure Act 2. It's not law yet, you know, but just uh, the the follow-up to Secure Act 1. Okay, they want to exempt retirement accounts with total values up to 100000 from any RMDs. Hmm. Okay. Um, but, again, I think that's kind of a shallow because— I don't think that's going to make an impact for the people. If, only, if you have less than 100000 in your IRAs, chances are you're going to need that. Right, and you may not have other income sources. You're going to be at a low bracket potentially anyway. Right. Um, another proposal is about the QCDs. Okay. Which we were just talking about. They want to increase the cap, the current cap of 100000 to 130000 Okay. Okay. They and add some inflation in there? They also want to allow that you could do the QCDs from 401k plans. Hmm. Right. Um, so um, there's a lot more in the Secure Act too. Um, one oh, of them, you know, they're not going to get all that ironed out. You know, one of them requiring automatic enrollment into defined contribution plans. You know, the 401ks. You know, you know, there's a lot of controversy. Sounds like a lot. That. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, how could mean as me as an employee, my company." can force me to put into a 401k well if you think about it that's why you know that's what you how you get a social security check right. because you were forced to put into right. it the old defined contribution you know the old right. defined benefit plans your pensions you had to do it yeah but i don't know all right all right go browns well, get us out of here regardless care. call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440 440- 239-2090 that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought For more information about the show for estate planning or upcoming seminars call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 Thanks for listening